Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for life and health. We thank you for uh, your truth. We thank you for giving us the right state of mind. We thank you that you have not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. That we can walk boldly, no matter what situations that we encounter. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that convicts us when we are not walking according to your will. That gives us the understanding of your word that teaches us to confirm the truth that you have laid out for us so that we are led astray and we're not led down the path that leads to everlasting contempt. We thank you that you have fortified us in this season. We thank you for what you did on the cross. And we pray that this word tonight will encourage, enlighten, and empower those to continue to do your will. We give you the glory and the honor. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. So tonight, our message is going to be about identifying a false prophet. Um, there's a lot of discussions in, about prophecies and uh, those who claim to be called by God and what they're supposed to tell people. And, um, you know, and unfortunately there's many out there today who are not truly a prophet of God, right? They're not someone that God has called to declare his word. And if we don't understand how to identify a false prophet, then it's real easy to get caught up in uh, a false prophecy or false teaching, or a false proclamation of, of what they claim the will of God is. And then sadly, we find ourselves led into unrighteousness. Now, I want to tell you that there is, a, there is obviously a position distinction between a prophet and a preacher and a minister. But there are people out there who follow false prophets and just by definition, don't realize uh, they're following them. They believe that they are teachers and not realizing what re it really means to be a prophet. And a prophet is actually someone who proclaims God's word or proclaims, he foretells of what uh, God has said and what is to come. And when you look at that definition, that statement, and it's easy to see that people who just identify with or is recognized as a preacher oftentimes operate as a prophet. And how you look at this to see it is that there would be a preacher come on Sunday and they will say, God wants to bless you. Or God said you will receive peace or whatever the case may be. And even they will read out of the Bible. Sometimes they will tell you scriptures right from the word of God. And other times they will tell you what they believe God has bringing forth um, that's not in the word of God. Now, could that be true? Could they be declaring something that isn't necessarily in the word of God specifically for you? Absolutely, right? They can tell you what you need to do to avoid a tragedy coming down the road or prepare you for something that's coming or whatever the case may be. And when we understand this, we can realize, we can look and see that there are uh, people who preach who also prophesy, even though they don't call themselves a prophet. 
they're for they're speaking or declaring what is supposed to be God's word. But why do we need to identify false prophets? Obviously, we find ourselves being led astray. Uh, we find ourselves following things that are not according to God's will, having our whole life messed up, flipped upside down. But most importantly, Jesus himself said that we need to be aware of false prophets. In Matthew 7, uh, verse 15, Jesus said, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. Now, what does he mean by uh, wolves in sheep's clothing? He, he, he's saying that they are basically uh, those who have learned the skills, the language, the behavior, the walk of a sheep of Christ. They've learned the, to be able to look like they belong in the faith. They know scripture. They, uh, they preach. They, uh, they know how to come into church institutions. They are good at saying things that sounds almost like the word of God. And I'm going to tell you, even then, a false prophet even says the name Jesus. Now, that's kind of difficult for some people to understand simply because they really believe that someone who lives for Christ or is of the faith can't be false when they say Jesus. They can't be, if they declare him to be the Lord, they declare him to be the Messiah, that they have to be a true prophet of God. Well, Jesus Christ tells you is that they are, uh, these false prophets are sheep in wolves clothing. And he says that we have to be aware of them because they're, uh, excuse me, they're sheep, they're wolves in sheep clothing. And we have to be aware of them because uh, they are trying to destroy us. Wolves are not out to uh, hang out with you, to, you know, let you pet on them and entertain you. They're really trying to tear you apart. And there's one thing to know about wolves um, is they they really don't come at you individually. They try to get you with a team. And they try to come around and surround you uh, more than just one. And Christ himself says they are uh, ravenous wolves. It's a plural S. So there's more than one that that's out there. And he goes on to say that you will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit. But every bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you shall know them. Now, the fruits that Jesus Christ is talking about is the lifestyle of a, of a believer. All right. This, this lifestyle, of the person who claims to be a prophet and their teachings, what they produce, the word that they bring forth. And he says that these people will, uh, they'll obviously bear bad fruit. Their teachings, their lifestyle will not align with God's word. It will be contrary some way, shape, fashion, form, even though they have learned to put on sheep's clothing. There is something about them that will stand out. You know, if you look at 
of fruit when it initially rottens or even after it rottens. If you only check one side of the fruit, you won't be able to see that it's rotten on the other side. If you don't open up the fruit, because the outside may be perfectly, looks perfectly well. But if you don't open it up, I'm sure we've all I've done this before. We've opened up a fruit and we saw on the inside that it was rotten. It wasn't actual nutritious. It wasn't good fruit. But we miss this because we don't do as Christ said, um, expect the fruit. We can't identify uh, these ravenous wolves if we don't expect uh, the fruit that they produce. So it's important to understand this. And one of the key details that Christ talks about to help people understand how to identify a false prophet is in Luke 6, 26. He says, Woe unto you when all men speak well of you, for they did their fathers to the false prophets. So he's saying the people before the disciples, before those who came forth uh, that were called by Christ, he's telling them that their fathers called, they spoke well of the false prophets. They spoke well of the people out there who claimed to be presenting God's word. That's a key indicator uh, to be able to recognize who's a false prophet. Now, we're going to look at one of the lives of a prophet that God had called before the ministry of Jesus Christ and start kind of like put these pieces together to really point out who is a prophet of God, what kind of lifestyle they live, what kind of fruits they produce and how are they perceived by the world and those that are of the faith or the church or in this time before Christ, the people of God, the original people of God. And we're going to look at Jeremiah because I think Jeremiah's uh, story and his reflection of him being called a prophet really helps us see who are false prophets today. Makes it very clear when you look at the life of Jeremiah, you know, because God's prophets then, the ones he called then are no different than the ones he called today. All right. He's not going to change his prophets uh, speaking ability, what he has to declare or uh, how they present the truth because, you know, maybe the season change or the mannerisms are different or we're living closer to the end times. All the prophecies and the prophets that God has called are consistent with God's word from start to finish in the Bible. Right? And when you look at Jeremiah, you know, God, when he called him in, in chapter one, it, it really breaks down who uh, a Jeremiah is, why he called Jeremiah. And God shows us through this uh, teaching here, or through this uh, description of Jeremiah, that one, he said that in verse chapter one, verse 18, he said, for behold, I have made you this day a fortified city and a pillar of iron. God was saying that he basically turned Jeremiah, he created Jeremiah to be such a, 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 a strong man for his will that he's like a fortified city, a pillar of iron. Even he says a bronze wall against the whole land. All right. And he even talks about how. He, sets, he, he strengthens him to be able to stand against the kings of Judah, the princes, the priests, 
against the people of the land. He said, they will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you. He said, for I am with you, says the Lord, to deliver you. So before Jeremiah even gets the job to go out and do God's will, to prophesy, to speak his truth, he tells them that, listen, you're going to have to fight against everybody. You know, the kings who are of the land, you're talking about their priests, the princes who are under them, the priests who are supposed to be over the people of God and even the people of the land. You're going into a battle. Every time you declare the truth, they're going to hate you. They're going to dislike you. They're going to want to kill you. They're going to want to destroy you. You will not be liked. You will not be loved. All right. And the reason why they're not, Jeremiah was not liked, loved, appreciated, or respected, because ultimately the Israelites, uh, the people of God, and of course the world, those who don't serve God, don't like God. The Israelites, they... Uh, they backslid. They they got out of walking with God. They stopped. Uh, they turned to idols. They turned to the prophecies of Baal. They got into all kind of craziness. And obviously, if they got into this craziness, they stopped loving God. Then, if God sends someone to declare His word, then they're gonna they're not gonna love the prophet He sends. Again, it goes back to that scripture: "Woe unto you when all men speak well of you." Said so Jeremiah was told before he uh, clocked in for his first prophecy on the job that he was going to be in a fight. But today you have preachers who tell people, listen, God's going to make a way. He's going to bless you. And they'll even go on live TV or they go on these televangelist ministries, TBN or CBN, or all these different places and speak all this quote unquote life into a person as a preacher, as an evangelist or a minister. And uh, are liked. They're loved. People are excited to hear what they have to say. So, you know, it, it makes you ask the question, what happened from Jeremiah being hated to the point where they tried to kill him till today where the prophets are just loved? Well, we're going to get into uh, why this happened. And we're going to do just a little bit of background about the um, Israelites that why God had uh, called Jeremiah and, you know, what led up to uh, God really telling them, uh, the people, not to even listen to their prophets. Isra Israelites, the Israelites in, in uh, Jerusalem and Judea, they basically went astray. They started following everything but God. They, they never stuck to what God has called them to. They didn't respect the fact that he brought them out of Egypt. And even though the first generation died in the wilderness, the second generation made it into the promised land and they still betrayed God. They still decided to follow the evil, um, uh, wicked people of the land. They picked up all kind of uh, sorcery, you name it. They did everything against God. But God tells them in all that. He tells Jeremiah to, one, identify, to let them know that, listen, you guys... This is what I got against you. This is what the issue is. You guys, uh, you, you have become a people that is dissing yourself from God and you never sought me in your trouble. You know, it's one thing when we mess up and we make bad decisions in life. We go down paths. We got no business going down and we say, Lord, God, make a way. Heal me. Forgive me. You know, we, we've 
a lot of us have called that prayer before. When we made these decisions, we had no business making. But Israel got so far from God and their heart was so far from him that in all their uh, adulterous, idolatry type life that they had, the covetous life they had with uh, wickedness, they never said, you know what, Lord, where are you? You know, I messed up. I want to come back to you. But even after all that, God said, listen, I'm going to give you an opportunity to turn it around. I'm going to, I'm a, you've messed up. You know, you left your first love. You, you now you have this idolatrous life with the, the gods of this world, with rocks and trees. He said, but I want you to come back to me. He said, if you come back to me, in fact, Jeremiah chapter three, uh, verse 12, he says, go and proclaim these words towards the north and say, return backsliding Israel, says the Lord. I will not cause my anger to fall on you, for I am merciful, says the Lord. I will not remain angry forever. Only acknowledge your iniquity. All right. Tell them to repent, you know, confess and repent. Let Know that. Make make it known that you know you was wrong, right? He said that you have transgressed against the Lord your God and have uh, shattered your charms to alien deities under every green tree. So everywhere they went, they were just off the wall wicked, completely left God, his word, his law, you name it. He said, if you have not obeyed my voice, says the Lord. But even after all that, Israel refused to uh, turn around. They refused to repent. They kept going down the path they wanted to. And God sends Jeremiah really all over the place to deliver a variety of prophecies to kings, to the people, to certain people in uh, the land individually. And he's telling them that, listen, this is what I got against you. You need to turn it around. And eventually we get over to chapter 23 where, you know, God says something that uh, if you say today, you will look insane. If a prophet comes out, you know, they wear these titles and they say, I'm a prophet or I'm an apostle, I'm a preacher. And you tell them that their prophecies are false, that you're a liar, you know, you're not going to be looked on too well. And I know that because I experience it all the time. I call out many of these false preachers, these false teachers, and I don't get the happy smile. Right? I get a lot of people, a lot of people are upset when I say stuff like that. I mean, I called out, uh, sadly, Joel Osteen, who today is, is, is the out-of-context preacher leading people into everlasting contempt. You know, and it's clear you if you took the word of God and you align it to what he says, you will see what he says. Don't match the word of God. Right. He, he deviates because it's a crowd pleaser. He talks about the things that make you feel good rather than the things that change you, you know, uh, which is repentance. Even Jeremiah is given a word from God to tell people to acknowledge their they're wrong. So in this uh, chapter 23, God tells Jeremiah to tell the people that one thing he tells them in chapter 16, he says, do not listen to the words of your prophets who prophesied to you. 
they make you worthless. They speak a vision of their own hearts, not from the mouth of the Lord. They continually say to those who despise me, the Lord has said, you shall have peace. Now, before I can even continue, I read this uh, the earlier today and a couple days ago, and I had to go back and look at it. And I, and I really saw how this is exactly how the world operates today when it comes to these church institutions. They will tell you that you will have peace. They will even, prop, they will even declare the, the scripture, no weapon formed against you. Uh, in, in, in every tongue that rises against you, you shall condemn. They declare this to people. The Bible says they continually say these things to people who despise him. And to despise God, the end of the day is to detest him. It's to feel content. It's, and, and you know people act this way when they don't want to obey God. They want to obey the flesh. They have all these altered lifestyles. They want to live same-sex marriages. They want to commit abortions and claim that they still believe in God. And yet they go into a church institution and the preacher don't preach repentance. He tells them you're going to have peace and prosperity and all these things. And God is saying, I didn't, I didn't even tell them this. You know, and then we continue in verse 17. He says, and to everyone who walks according to the dictates of his own heart, they say, you shall uh, no evil shall come upon you. There, he's telling them, listen, they're giving you false prophets, talking about you're not going to have no evil, you should have peace, but you don't uh, listen to me. You despise me, and your dictates come from your own heart. You do what you want to based on what's in your heart. Yet these, these preachers, these priests, these whoever they are that claim to be God's uh, leader come out and tell people stuff like this, Never telling them what God said back in uh, Jeremiah chapter 2, acknowledge you're wrong. Repent, confess that you've done things that is not according to the will of God. And they get excited and, 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 and thrilled when they come out and, and say these things to him. And in verse 18, he says, For who has stood in the counsel of the Lord and has perceived and heard his word? Who has marked his word and heard it? Behold, a whirlwind of the Lord has gone forth in fury, a violent whirlwind, and it will fall violently on the head of the wicked. And anger, and the anger, the anger of the Lord will not turn back until he has executed and performed the thoughts of his heart. In the latter days, you will understand it perfectly. And this part right here just it just really kills the whole prophecy that people give you that contradicts what God is saying. In verse 21, he said, I have not sent these prophets, yet they ran. He said, I have not spoken to them, yet they prophesy. But if they had stood in my counsel and they had and had caused my people to hear my words, then they had, would have turned them from their evil way and from the evil of their doing. So right here, it shows you clearly that when these prophets come out and try to preach or prophesy blessings into your life, try to prophesy healings and miracles and wonders and favor and anointing and all these different things into your life, yet they don't repent. They don't uh, confess their sins. They, they do what they want to do based on how they feel. Then you know you're listening to a false prophet. Period. 
That is the that is the one of the best examples you can give because you know everybody wants to declare Jeremiah, uh, uh, where the Bible it says that God I know the plans that I have for you, to give you hope in the future to prosper you. Everybody declares that, as if they're Jeremiah. Yet, when you do what you want to do, you don't turn from the things that don't please God. And then we expect a blessing. We expect to be healed. We expect to have a prosperity. We are living in falsehood. And much credit is given to these false prophets who have not been in the counsel of the Lord. Because if they were in the counsel of the Lord, he said, if, had they stood in my counsel, he said, they, the people would have heard his word. Not their words, not the prophet's words or the people's words, but his words. And he said they would have turned from their evil way and their evil doings. But today, as I said, there's people who live as they choose to fill in the desires of the flesh. They are after uh, the lust of the flesh, the, the, uh, the pride of this life. And they say, well, you know, this is what God is saying. This is what God, this is what's true about his word. And they follow lies walking themselves down the broad road, which leads to everlasting contempt. You see it more than ever. We are living in, according to the Bible, the end times. Christ identified everything we see today, the end times. But yet, I've, I've rarely hear, almost never hear a preacher talk about repentance. What is the purpose of being blessed financially and refusing to repent and still going go to hell but that's not the topic for the season because it doesn't appeal to the flesh it doesn't answer the dictates that are in the hearts of men and as i said earlier because someone stands up and says the name jesus they believe that that is the green light to say, well, this must be a minister from God. And if they find anything that deviates from the Bible, they say, well, he fell short of the glory of God. No, according to what God has, has given to Jeremiah to speak uh, to the people, he said that these individuals are not for me. Nor did they prophesy what I have told them. They come from somewhere else. And obviously, the only place they could have come from is the father of lies. We need to understand this in this season because people are being loved as far as loving themselves straight to hell. They're sitting under prophecies that are sending them straight down the road of eternal punishment. Everlasting torment. Jesus, saying Jesus don't give somebody the green light. And how, how do you know this? Look at the Bible. Jesus Christ didn't say, just because they say my name, then they are my people. He said, uh, not everybody who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. He said, but those who do the will of my father. And what is the will of the father in this season? It is to teach repentance. It is to preach the gospel. It has nothing to do with prosperity. You know, I got into a discussion the other day on one of these social media platforms about how this one person became a multi-billionaire 
uh, a female, I think her name was Rihanna. She's a, a, a singer or a, a dancer or something like that. And she was one of the first females and they were talking about how, you know, you being black in America and you can't make it as a lie. Look at her. And all the while missing the very fact, you know, the title was saying that she was self-made and missing the very fact that self-made, the word in and of itself is from Satan. Because Christ himself said, anyone who comes after me must deny self. And in this world where there is the God of this world, the prince of this world who runs the wickedness as the Bible identifies, you got the, the God of heaven. Uh, there's only one or two ways you became wealthy. And one is going to be from the God of this world or the God of heaven. It goes back to what it says, by the fruits, you should know them. Sadly, this person have surrendered their soul to the devil. And that's why the media pushes the face of this person in front of people because they want you to believe that this is what you ought to be focused on in this season. It's sad. It's unfortunate. But it is end time prophecy. And what Paul did, Jude, Peter, all those that Christ had called to establish the Bible, the New Testament scriptures, the new covenant wording was that they identified falsehood. They told people who said they wanted to be in this faith, who came to this faith, they told them to be aware, to be watchful. And don't just look at it and say, you know what, that looks like an error. I'm going to pray for that person. They said, no, you need to have nothing to do with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Because if you don't expose them, then you have people sitting there coming into the faith for the first time, coming into the church, thinking they're sitting under truth and in the day they're being led astray by lies. Because we want to say we're just going to pray for people. Like, you know, Jesus never prayed for a false prophet. He just called them out, told them what they were. It's more to this uh, identifying who is a follower, a leader, uh, a person of the faith than someone that says the name Jesus. In fact, when you look at Mark chapter 5, Jesus had an interaction with a man that was filled with unclean spirits. He was at a tomb and the man was so crazy and so possessed that he was breaking chains. They couldn't tame him. They couldn't bind him. And he would be in the graveyard, no clothes, cutting himself day and night. The man didn't even sleep. That's how messed up he was. I don't even know if there's a drug that exists like that today. That man was possessed. But when Jesus came and interact, came to the, the, I, the place where this man was, he came to Jesus and he cried out with a loud voice, what have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? Even this demon possessed man said the name Jesus. And Jesus asked him, he said, what is your name? He said, my name is Legion for we are many. So if a demon can say the name of Jesus, why can't a false prophet? Why can't a fake teacher? Very important to know. Jesus didn't leave it at the, at the, at the doorstep and said, hey, if they said Jesus, then they're good to go. He said, by their fruits, you should know them. What are they producing? 
What are they sending forth out of their mouth? What are they declaring to the congregation? It needs to be tested. So we have to really understand where we're at in this season. We have to really understand that it is our responsibility as disciples, as followers of Christ, to identify what is being said where the spirit comes from, who is preaching, are they truly a prophet of Jesus Christ? And I can tell you this, prophets today, there aren't a lot like they were in the Bible. They're not hated, they're loved. I'm not sure if all y'all remember uh, that we're on social media in 2020 when everything shut down all over the world. Prophets came out of the woodwork. They were all over the place on TV, social media, you name it. And they wanted you to cash app them. They were telling you, a lot of them were even saying stuff that's in the Bible about the end time prophecy, how God going to bless you in this season of, of wickedness, of you know the, the, the virus and all these different things. So go ahead and sow into this ministry and cash app me. And it sounds good because who doesn't want a blessing in a situation, especially a financial situation? But, you know, I don't see too many times in the, in the Bible where someone came out and, and gave a prophet uh, funds like that. And it was obedience to the will of God, first and foremost, before uh, God gave anything to somebody from a prophet. I want to encourage us to really look at the truth of God's word, particularly as it relates to what's happening in this season now. It's easy, very easy to be led astray when we don't study the word of God for ourselves. Satan has a field day with biblically illiterate people. He will take you all over the place, turn your life upside down because he knows the word better than the people he attacks. He knew he knows it well. And any slight change of the word is usually how he tricks people. I can't tell you how many people come to me when I share God's truth in context and tell me, judge not unless you be judged. That's all they'll say. As if that is all Christ said. And when you read on, he clearly tells you that before you judge, make sure you are judging where you have overcome and expect to be judged in that same area, whether you overcame it or not. That's what Christ was saying. And another famous one is the woman by the well, or excuse me, not the woman by the well, but the uh, woman caught in the act of adultery. He said, I don't condemn you. He without sin cast the first stone and people run with that as if that's all Jesus said. And that's all he meant never understanding the reason that woman was brought before Jesus was not just so they can tempt Christ, but according to the laws and the punishment of that time, she was supposed to be stoned to death. The stoning was the condemnation. Death. She was deserving of death. And Jesus tells her, where are your accusers? When he says, you without sin, Drop the stone. They all scattered because no one 
had the righteous right to condemn this one to death because every one of them has sinned. The only one who is able to send someone to hell is God because he is the only one that's good. So when it comes to the whole part about condemning someone, it's God's, that's the whole, the woman by, the woman caught in the act of adultery was God's uh, way of explaining to us that there is no one good enough to send someone to hell but him. That's why they all dropped their stones. It wasn't that she, they didn't point out the fact that she was doing the wrong thing. They weren't there judging her because the judgment was already judged. She was caught in the act. That's a done deal. Court, court is over. You, you're guilty. Now, who can execute the punishment of death? No one in that context. And he's, if you relate that to eternal death, which is the lake of fire, everlasting contempt, no one can um, execute that. No one can carry out that sentence but God. The part that you, you really won't ever hear is after he says, where are your uh, accusers? And she said, no one. He says, okay, good. Now go and sin no more. That's the part folks don't want to hear because at the end of the day, there's dictates inside the heart. There's decisions that people want to make inside their heart that don't align with repentance, which is to turn away from. That is our human makeup. That is who we are as human beings. It takes being born again by water and spirit, being baptized, receiving the Holy Spirit, and walking in the leadership of the Holy Spirit to turn away from sin, to turn away from the things we know will not be in heaven. That's what needs to be preached, taught, prophesied in this season. Not your blessing, not your miracle, not prosperity. Because, you know, when it comes to these things, the, the Bible is clear. Jesus says, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and, and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. That's what he tells us. He didn't say go after things. Go after stuff. He said your heart should be after God's kingdom and his righteousness. And he'll take care of what you need. He'll take care of where you're lacking at. That's why he even tells us that when you pray, don't be like those uh, pagans. They got vision boards, dream boards, wish lists, praying over and over again, looking in the mirror, declaring they're wealthy and they're rich and they're this and they're that. He said, don't do like that. Don't be like that. He says, when you pray, go into your closet and pray. And don't use vain repetitions. He said, because everything you need, God already knows about it before you ask. But when we start chasing prosperity, wealth, healings, blessings, all these different things, we find ourselves sitting under false prophecies. False prophets telling us the very thing that God never said was going to happen. And we're chasing behind lies and not living in truth. So listen, this is the season for mass deception. This is the season to lead people to hell. Christ said it was coming. The Apostle Paul said it. Every disciple talked about it. John received 
very detailed and specific revelation about what will happen in this season and beyond uh, the season for mass deception. This is where our minds and hearts need to be. We want to be kept. We want to be protected. We want to uh, overcome. Then we have to be in the will of God. There's only that's only way to do it is to be in his will. There's no other way to get through this world of complete, insane wickedness without God. There's no other way. I don't care what the preachers say, how what kind of fantasy tale book he, he, he has or whatever steps he wants to give you. If you're not in the will of God, you're not only doomed for destruction, but you're going to suffer on the way. You're not getting a reward for it. Obedience is important right now in this season. His will, not ours. We got to deny ourselves. period. It's not what we feel about what God's word says, it's what his word says. And we need to take it as face value from cover to cover. And then we'll find ourselves not only overcoming whatever the enemy is throwing our way, but when our time comes and we have to stand before him, he will tell us, well done, my good and faithful servant. Now enter into the joys of your master. Heavenly Father, I thank you again for this life that you've given me, the opportunity to speak your truth boldly, to stand against the enemy in every way, shape, fashion, and form. I know that you have called us to be bold in this season. You called us to walk fearless. We know that the spirit of fear comes from Satan and not from you. You have given us the ability to walk with power, love, and a sound mind and to overcome every attack, every single attack Satan brings our way. We thank you for your peace that surpasses all understanding. And we thank you that it guards our hearts and our minds in Christ and what he did on the cross. We give you the glory and the honor. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. <music>